King Spleen. Since our running back room is thin for the game, do you think we are going to go pass heavy? Pass heavy with an asterisk. I think it'll be a little bit more, but I also think they'll use some of the, I, I know it's a label as a pass. When the quarterback gets it in the shotgun and they just kind of fling it forward to the guys in motion, that's called a pass. To me, that's a run. The, the advantage for the offense there is if the handoff in that, if he hands it to him, it's a fumble if the kid drops it. But if he throws it like two inches, it's a pass, so it's incomplete. That's why they do it that way. It's an advantage to the offense. I think you'll see a few of those. I also think you will see a bevy of passes within six to ten yards of the line of scrimmage and just screens in general. They're going to look at it like if Georgia eats it up, they eat it up. We're not letting them take it the other way. I might look at, and I I can use pro football focus for this, but when you're watching the game, kind of keep a mental note of the following. How often does Brock step back, diagnose, and literally want to throw the ball in the middle of the field, like that five to 12-yard window about where the linebackers are from the football to snap to where the free safety is? That is the target zone for the most interceptions and turnovers in general. Big hits happen there, et cetera. Quarterbacks in college, like they don't talk about it much, but coaches privately, they do everything in their freaking power to keep coach or keep their quarterback from throwing that area. The odds of bad things happening are enormous there compared to anywhere else in the field. If he's able to make a few plays there, even if it's a 12 yard in route, maybe it's a slant and a guy makes somebody miss in the secondary for the dogs, that could be the difference between keeping this close and getting killed because of that same pass goes the other direction for a touchdown. It could be trouble. You can't just throw to the perimeter and screens. You got to be able to advance the ball down the field or Georgia will eat you up. Jerry, Brian, will playing a respectful game help us with the future South Florida recruiting? This is a really good question, and it's a very direct answer. Hell yes. Georgia gets a lot of respect in the state of Florida, and they should. They've won the national title the last two years, and they've recruited South Florida heavily. Many of the kids that I talk to Bring up the SEC constantly. It's the norm. Georgia's at the top of it. If you, Let's just say Georgia wins 21 to 14. I'm just throwing out a number. If you lose by a touchdown with your third string quarterback, yeah, you're going to gain respect. That's the kind of thing that you can hang your hat on and say, we did this with our third string guy. Now you guys come help us get over the top. Those are common recruiting lines that Coach Bowden, everybody has used. I don't think there's any doubt that Georgia has the ability to beat the bejesus out of Florida State if they let it get out of hand. But at the same time, Florida State, if they can keep it close and doing some of the things we are talking about a few minutes ago, that's a different deal. Florida State would be able to change the perception of their program because it's one thing to run through the ACC. It's quite another run through the SEC. Playing against two-time defending champions could provide an opportunity. That's a really good question, Jerry. Alpha Papa, how much did we spend for the quarterback? We haven't got one yet. I don't know what you mean by that. Uh, I don't know what they're offering either, to be honest with you. Jerry, do you think the game affects potential Porter players to sign with Florida State? It could, but I think a lot of that is just fit individually. Portal kids are usually looking for, like, this is my spot to give myself the best chance to go to the NFL. They elevate your program by osmosis through that. Recruiting, I think, is a little bit different because these are high school kids. They're not as experienced. They have nowhere near as much worldly information it's more fit the comfort level over time with a coach or coaches on a particular staff Florida State included that's how kids decide out of high school portal it's a little shorter 
you have less of a relationship, you look at depth charts, how do I fit into an offense? You get a little bit of info and you, you go on less. Uh, does the team feel sucker punched? As a fan, I haven't felt this down since at, at least Clemson was in 18, where the team just collapses and the professor became a meme. I don't know if they feel sucker punched. I mean, a lot of guys left for their own personal reasons. A lot of these kids look at it in a different perspective than we do. Uh, people like myself in media and fans in general. And then, of course, I th- I'm sure you're talking about getting the snub, that too. Like, there's a lot of different things, but every person, coach or player, trainer, etc., is going to look at this different. There are a lot of different moving parts that went against Florida State headed into this game, but you can also use that as a galvanizing point and uplift yourself. That's on each player. That's on each coach. We'll see how that goes. Let's see. Bud. Georgia favored by 20. That's way too many points to give Florida State. That that probably is in a lot of ways. And I, I brought that up to start. And I'm going to say it again on something related to this. Bud, you have a good point. I would imagine that there's going to be a lot of irritated players that wear a Florida State helmet. And it's nothing against Georgia. It's just like, man, nobody really respects us. If you're a football player that's made it to the level of power five, soon to be power four, by the way, there's a pride that comes along with it. No matter what your God-given ability was, you had to work pretty hard to get in to major college football and be offered a scholarship to Florida State University. Same with the Georgia kids. I mean, it's you know, two elite, tradition-rich programs. 19 and a half, 20? You think the Florida State players aren't going to be a little bit smug about that? Like, really? You think that's what we are? And to be honest with you, I don't blame them. So that's something to think about. It's it's pretty it's pretty hard on me to think about that. But at the same time, again, man, Vegas, they do a lot of things their own way. They have the reason for it. They got the math. They, they, you know, they hire people that know what they're doing. So I maybe they know something I don't. I just find it that a team that's thirteen and zero, whether they had opt outs or not, that that seems like a hell of a lot to me. So on that point, I mean, if you want to, if you want to get into that, here, here's another good point. Let's let's just talk about it. FanDuel. If you're going to be betting on the game, check it out, man. Um, NFL is also really getting going because we're up almost to the playoffs. So. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. App is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit. FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, here's the deal. I'm still puzzled by the 19 and a half, and several people have brought this up. I don't know how much this is really going to matter. Um, maybe I'm overblowing it, but I think it's going to help Florida State for at least a little while. There's nothing like motivation, especially college age kids. You know what I mean? It could be with anything, not to be football, but 
college kids get fired up about something they usually really charge on. That's what they do. So that's just something to think about. Um, let's see what else we got. King, I am viewing this game as a glorified practice. In some ways, I am too. This is essentially an audition or tryout for the underclassmen. They have a lot to prove. 100%. 100%. Here's the deal. I wrote down, and again, go check it out. The podcast I did yesterday, it was about 10 minutes. It's all it was. It was just the DBs, the young DBs, several guys that are second team. They have a chance to play a lot next year, and they got four dudes coming in. You put those together, you've got the makings of an NFL roster down the road, like the length, the speed, the height, and you look at the offer list and all that, and I'm just using one spot. There are a lot of other guys. What about Hakeem Williams? What about Brock Glenn? What about any player that they have either just signed and like the guys getting ready to come in, some of them might have went through practices, whatever, for Florida State that decided. All those guys gaining this opportunity in some way, shape, or form have a way to use this as a springboard into offseason conditioning. That's first. Very, very important. And then spring ball when it gets rolling in late February or whatever. You have to be able to use this as a motivator to get yourself higher up on the depth chart so you can get more playing time and for just almost all the players eventually get to this thing they call the National Football League or what I like to call the not for long. You got to maximize your chances. This game against Georgia, if you want to put good tape out there, this is your spot. Make it happen. Don't be that idiot that's cruising around here. Be that guy that figured it out and gets on that opportunity to make that one key play. Even if it's just a great block, like a young lineman gets in the game, great block. Tight end gets out in space, sets the edge on a jet sweep. Whatever it is, this is your chance. I, King, that is one of the best points of today. Congrats on that. that that's a hell of a point. Colin Cressy, aside from the QB situation, is the O-line or DB the biggest worry for the matchups? I don't, I'm not as concerned about DB as some other people. I'll give that reasoning momentarily. And other people want to comment on this, please. This is open-ended. I want you all as a comment. But here's the reason I say it. Take it as you will. Is the O-line or DB more worrisome in his opinion? That's the question Colin has. I say O-line because two reasons. Number one, Georgia just has a lot of talent. That's not a newsflash. Their front seven is usually really good. Backups are talented, blah, blah, blah. Two, and there's no way you can do anything about this, UGA runs what I call and what the traditional name is, a zero tech at nose guard. They'll have a big guy that's around 300 pounds, maybe bigger, playing head up on the center. It's not a normal front. It is a true down lineman like 1988. New York Giants, Lawrence Taylor, outside linebacker, standing up 3-4 with a pure nose guard. Those don't exist as much, and there's no way to really rep those in practice the same way Georgia does. Either you have literally the same kind of personnel up front, and they use everything differently with how they line up. They play more head up, two-gap, where they look on both sides. It's a different responsibility. I'm curious how Florida State's O-line challenge that. Part two, I'm really... I'm gung-ho on the young DBs. They're going to get beat a few times. But I bet you somebody that's one of the young guys makes a play, and there still are experienced guys playing for the Knowles too. Like Cypress can take – if he had a pick six, it wouldn't shock me. He's a good football player. I like Florida State's DBs in this, especially – here's the other part of this. 
and I'm admitting I, I, this is part of the reason I'm more concerned about the O-line. If Brock Bowers doesn't play, it changes what you can do on the back end of your defense, whether you zone blitz more, whether you play more man, whatever it is you're trying to do, playing man against Brock Bowers is eh, good luck with that. That's hard because he's a big guy that can run really fast. Rhinos. This Orange Bowl will be the first Florida State game I have voluntarily decided not to watch in 30 years. I mean, if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. But I think it's actually going to be very interesting because I'm looking at it from a long-term perspective to each their own. Jerry, do you think this is more of a game to find out how the younger players stack up and areas for their improvements? Eh, To a certain degree, like offensively, and again, Florida State should not win this game based on all the opt-outs in the NFL. I'm not debating that. But I don't want to just give it away either. Florida State, like any other team, is in a scenario where they have to be able, just in my opinion, to be competitive for at least a half, come hell, come high water. That's my opinion. You can script a lot of things, special plays, trick plays. Maybe you block a punt. Maybe you have a fake, whatever. Find a way to be within seven to ten and a half at worst. But, yeah, I mean, the younger guys, it's a hell of a big deal. You've got to have a lot of ways to win games. All right? It's not just kind of getting it done. You need to get it done in a million different ways in football because it's three different levels, offense, defense, special teams. But there are intricacies within that. Maybe one of these freshmen that we haven't seen as much, you know, they had a guy in front of them that was an experienced guy. Maybe they're going to come out and ball. Maybe it's Destin Hill. I, I, I have no idea. Somebody's going to be that player. Who is it? To that point, how will the young DBs perform is a question I have for everybody. And can this is a big one. Can Florida State's down four get pressure on Georgia's O-line? Those are a couple questions. We've already went over the Florida State O-line versus Georgia D-line. That's a question I have. Anybody wants to comment on that, please do. All right, track rat, screw this game. <laughs> hey, man, it's going to be better than you think. Mike, I hope we don't have the ACC refs. Yeah, the ACC is not getting a lot of respect right now. They, they didn't have a real good year on the uh, officiating front either. Albert Torres, I can't wait to see Daryl Jackson and Fisk play together. That's something I haven't talked about. And good for Daryl, man. He went through a lot of crap this year. Transfers home to be closer to his mom, and then he doesn't get a play. I mean, that's just crappy. Um, for those of you that haven't seen him when he played at Miami, when America, that is a big dude. And at 6'5 plus, he can move. And I'm not just talking about a head. He can break down, get low, get under some people, even though he's that tall, and cause havoc. That never goes out of style. Jerry. Thanks for the podcast and happy new year. Same to everybody out there. Happy new year to you as well, Jerry. Uh, I appreciate you all coming in here and chatting it up with me. Please hit that like button, hit that notification bell. uh, Make this podcast your first each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, Google, whatever it is, Apple. Please find a way to check them out. I, I personally consume podcasts with my uh, iPod, uh, iPods in. I walk around, listen to a lot of different podcasts, and it gives me ideas on things. That's something I suggest. If you go walk, if you run, if you lift, check out podcasts, man. It's a, it's a great way to do it. King, I think our down four can get pressure, but not consistently. That's almost identical, King. I'm not kidding to what I was thinking. I like the opportunity like to blitz them a little bit, 
But this, what I'm about to say is very unusual in, in props to him. Carson Beck, there's a lot of hope for him this year from Georgia fans. I'm like, he still hadn't played. I know he was good out of high school. I know he's getting coached well. But what do we expect? I forget what the number ended up being, but they they were around 320 yards a game. Screen game was good. They would draw people in because they're so good with heavy play action. And he hit deep balls. And, of course, when Brock Bowers plays, that helps too. I think he played in about 10 games. So, yeah, that, that kind of matters. Colin Cressy, I bring up the DBs as a worry. Cypress, uh, Duke, let's see, and Knowles Miss. Don't dense football savvy was evident in the first fourth down versus LSU. Okay. Read eyes and force Daniels to hesitate. Look, there are different ways to play the, the cat and mouse games like a safety or a nickel. And that's what Colin's talking about here. Ventral Cypress is a savvy player. He was good at Virginia before he came to play for the Knowles. He's got another eligibility year. If he uses it, great. If not, he goes to draft. Wish him the best. But this is the kind of game if Florida State's truly going to stay close. What Colin's talking about here is huge. Football is usually going to come down to three to five plays. If Florida State doesn't have something that he's kind of alluding to here, and I'll take it one step further and use an example, Florida State's not going to come close. They need a punt block, an interception on an out route. Uh, a guy gets stood up on a screen. The next guy comes in and strips the football. Another guy picks it up and takes it to that. They need a freebie, at least one of them in this game. And Colin says he brings up the DBs as a worry, you know, against the run, et cetera. There's, there's different ways that can happen, but it can go the other direction too. You only need one or two of those plays. And that's also why I brought up the tackling. It's one thing to give up yards. It is another to give up points. Georgia may eat up the clock, drive down to your 12, and you get a sack on back and you force a field goal from the 21 instead of the 12, and, and they miss. They chewed up five minutes. They didn't score. You need a few things like that to go your way. Georgia's got to help you a little bit. They should win. They should absolutely win. That doesn't mean they will, and it doesn't mean there's going to be a blowout even if they do. Big plays. Again, I'm just going to throw this out there. For Florida State to be close going into the last five to eight minutes, plus two. Plus two. They have to be plus two in the big play turnover thing. Block punt isn't a turnover, but it's the same thing. It's the biggest play in football when you get a block punt because that can be the quickest score there is. And it's such a shock, that kind of play. Or a punt return, maybe Destin Hill or somebody returns a punt. Whatever. If you get that kind of situation going your direction, why can't you win the game and win it big going away? You know what I mean? Like maybe you get two or three of those. Maybe you found a problem because Georgia's got players missing and you just murder them on special teams. Stranger things have happened. But again, more likely, those kind of places keep it close. Florida State is not going to go toe-to-toe with them Throw passes down the field, middle of the field, like we discussed with a true freshman quarterback that's barely played against UGA and win. They need help. Daddy Noel, who is going to be our back, be our locker room guy next year? That's a great question. Uh, That's a topic that we can go over numerous times as a show, by the way. Is there anyone on our team who will push the other players to excel in practice and training? This is a kind of question that Norvell 
will probably get hammered on and should in, in a positive. I don't mean like negative between now and the middle of spring ball, which guys develop into leadership roles. I'm going to guess Brock Glenn will be one of them. He has a chance to start at Florida state as a sophomore, depending on how this portal situation works out at quarterback. And he's probably going to be the backup at worst. Therefore you would assume he's one. Maybe it's Destin Hill, all the things he's been through. Maybe it's somebody like Conrad Hussey I've talked about. He's a, going to be a sophomore next year. If Ventral Cypress comes back, I'll but guarantee you he will be one. Somebody like Joshua Farmer, if he's truly now bought into being at Florida State, maybe he's got some of the guys around him that he's hung with that he's passed on knowledge, one of the other guys that's a backup. I don't know. It could even be a transfer portal player. And that's the really interesting part of this. That happens sometimes. That happens. Like Cam Ward ended up being a transfer to Washington State from Incarnate Word. He ended up being a captain there. And, you know, it's not always the case that you earn that right. It could be a guy that's a backup tight end, but he's great on special teams, is an A-B student, does a lot of community work, and he's respected at practice. He could be a leader and catch two balls all of the 2024 season. That happens too. You don't have to be a significant contributor statistically to be a leader and or a captain. It's an interesting topic, though. This game might show us, Mr. Daddy Noel, what happens with that. If Florida State doesn't have leadership against Georgia, because there's going to be some down moments, I think we can all safely assume that. If you do not turn the next play into a better play, leadership being a part of it, the chances of failure are very high, meaning the final score on that scoreboard. So that's that's something to think about. Um, here's here's something else. I was looking at the stats, different games and stuff for Georgia over the last month, and, and this is just kind of random, nothing specific. When they're mentally dialed in, they're really good. But for whatever reason this year, and Kirby was worried about this in his press in his preseason press conference at SEC Media Days in like July. How do you motivate a team? that's won two national titles in a row? It's a good question. I'm not saying it's Kirby's fault. I'm not sure there was an answer for that. You could tell what he was talking about. He didn't come out and say, I don't expect good things here, but you could tell the body language and what he said, we have an opportunity, but we got to find different, you know, he danced around because he's a smart guy. I don't think they found the formula. If they go out and they see that point spread, and it's around 20 right now, I guess. It was 19 and a half last time I saw it. If they go out and they struggle, maybe the first five minutes, maybe Florida State gets out to a 10 to nothing lead because they score on their first drive from scripted place for Glenn and they score. Georgia does a horrible job on their first drive, pun after three and out, and Florida State drives down and gets, gets up 10 to nothing. Does that give them the Knowles an edge? Those kind of things happen in college games, especially. Momentum is built off of team chemistry and emotion. Got a lot of players out for both teams, especially Florida State. So the chemistry is going to be iffy anyway. If you're not mentally dialed in, if you're not motivated, how good is Georgia going to be? That's the other question. We're talking about from a Florida State perspective here because it's a Florida State podcast. But that's something to think about. I have no idea. Ron Lowney, just win. (laughs) 
yeah, if you if you won six to nothing, you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily like the outcome in terms of how you got there. But if you won six to nothing, you'd be happy. You shut out the dogs. You got to win in the Orange Bowl. Sometimes that's kind of what it what it comes down to. Florida State historically has a flashy offense, the beautiful helmets, which I think are as good as any in college football. On a side note, and I also believe that Florida State has a lot of playmakers that don't get enough respect yet because they haven't played a ton based on the fact they were behind, you know, Keon, Johnny, I get it. But without those guys, it's pretty obvious that you're in a scenario where you're going to lose some of that attention coming in that you think you deserve, but you've never had it yet. Well, create it. You want somebody to write something about you? You want somebody to talk about you in a podcast like mine? Go out and take, like Destin gets a a 12-yard out pattern, spins around, makes a guy miss, Goes up the sidelines for 78-yard touchdown or something. Yeah, I'll talk about you. Here's, here's your opportunity to do that. Why not? So that, that's kind of how I look at it. But, that, you know, that, that's it. Um, if anybody else has any other questions or any other comments, open it up just to whatever you want to say. Otherwise, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up here in just a second. But, again, thank you to everybody that tuned in today. Um, I'm going to upload this podcast onto the main page here in a little bit, but uh, thank you once again. This is a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. And uh, it's fun being around Florida state people that kind of get the program from a different perspective and are honest. I saw some really good comments today and questions that are realistic. You can't be where Florida state's at with all the players out being down to your third string quarterback and expecting to win by a billion. Some Florida state people are, are probably doing that, but they, they're not in this chat. King, Coach Norvell is excellent at getting players to perform above expectation. Let's not worry, Noel Nation. That part I'm not worried about. He'll he'll have them going. He's he's good at that. I 100% agree. And if that does, it, you know, there might be a few plays or things are off. That's part of college football and football in general. Yeah, I'm not worried about the motivation. Yeah, it's a good point, King. And uh, hopefully it, it's from the outset of the game, too. That's important. Let's see, Alex Roberto, FSU for president. I'm not sure what that means, but um, you can't enter that as a candidate in the next presidential election, but it's it, it's interesting. Um, all right, last comment here. Florida State, it's only a couple of days from game day. I don't know exactly how it's going to go, all those things. I believe the game is at uh, 4 p.m. if I remember. I'm as curious as anybody on how that's going to go. Um this game could go a million ways. I've had a few people at, you know, like just friends. What do you think? And I'm like, dude, I have no idea. This game could go a lot of ways. Is there a way to improve our recruiting staff without losing coaches? Back office. The number one part of recruiting, uh, this is kind of an off-topic thing here from Daddy Noel. It is without question back office. And that means organization, making sure that from the outset of a player kind of emerging, that you get on that player and you build relationships. That's something I actually had a, had a conversation with the coach at Madison County right down the road from Tallahassee <clears throat> the other day. That's a program right on the edge of Tallahassee talking about getting his kids exposure because they live out in a bunch of cow pastures, basically. It's you know half hour from Tallahassee, but that's a world away. Those kind of kids are trying to get on the radar. And he's got a few young guys that are dudes. Staffs that don't get out of early won't have a chance to sign. He's got the players. Alex Roberto, good point. Norvell for president. Absolutely. All right. On that note, I am going to uh, wrap it up here. 
Uh, thank you once again for tuning into this. I enjoy doing these. It's a lot of fun to get into the bowl season a little bit. After all the bowls are over and everything, I want to have a chat with everybody. Just kind of talking about Florida State in general, what they can do, what they need to work on to get better, for lack of a better term, long term, because this has been a long December month. So much going on. Signing day. Obviously, it's weird with the ACC thing and all that. I want to kind of wrap all that into a bow soon, but then move on overall. What did we learn as a whole from college football this year and how to get better Florida State specifically in 24 when we get to this point again? With that being stated, thank you once again, everybody. Hit that like button, hit that notification bell, and become an everydayer. Love to be here. So I'll see you all again very soon.